Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of the uh, Rob Carson Show. This hour, retired Colonel John Mills of the Army. Going to be talking a little bit about uh, cybersecurity. Uh, what's going on in Ukraine? I want to touch on uh, what's going on in Ukraine. We're on the brink of a uh, nuclear war. Whatever. Unbelievable. Unbelievable what's happening in uh, Ukraine, and we uh, we now have given them tanks, uh, which generally you've also got support teams. You've got all, uh, you know, much more. It's not just to give them a tank. Go for it. we got to send in uh, people to train, to repair. They literally have these big, uh, these big cranes are like wreckers to take the engines out and replace them when they need to replace the whole deal. And then they're talking about sending F-16. So we are in a war with Russia. I mean, technically, we are at a war. There's no, there's no, uh, you know, it, we're in a war. And uh, who knows where it's going to go. But there's a lot coming out about Ukraine we will be uh, discovering that are, uh, that tie the Bidens uh, and uh, our federal government into uh, some unsavory practices. I'll just put it that way. If you'd like to help out, uh, Newsmax, keep us on direct TV. Maybe you live in a rural area. Maybe direct TV is what you got because, you know, you got a, you got a cabin, you got a house, maybe you got a trailer. Heck, maybe you got a trailer and you got the direct TV satellite dish on there. It's probably one of the only things you can get if you got a your remote location, you don't have cable out there or whatever. Satellite's the way to go. But they've decided to get rid of Newsmax. OAN last year, Newsmax now. And uh, don't think Fox isn't on the radar. Text the word event to 39747, 39747. If you would help out, that would be great. A um, couple of things. Uh, oh, Diane Feinstein. Marin Lee has not announced her decision whether to run for election or not. She's 89 years old. She's uh, being kept from news cameras because she's not able to really communicate at all. I mean, let's just be honest. Everybody knows it. Uh, you know, it, and it really is. It's, it's, it's ridiculous on the face of it, generally in the, in the private sector, uh, you know, or, or in, in, in your own private life. When uh, mom isn't able to communicate, mom isn't able to you take the keys away. But not in the federal government. You cover it up. You cover it up because other people will ultimately pull the strings for that person. We saw it. Have you seen one interview with the newly elected senator from the state of Pennsylvania who had a stroke? Have you seen one interview since he became a senator? No, because all he is is a person to fill a seat. That's what she is. That's what Joe Biden is. They are easy to manipulate with uh, Diane Feinstein. Don't even need to put her in front of a camera. Not even needed anymore. No interviews, no nothing. Complete blackout. 
Just, you know, just let her be the, she's a senator. So uh, she has not announced her decision to run for re-election. She's not going to run for re-election. But uh, apparently uh, that hasn't stopped the passionate support of a new term by her supporters because she has just announced that as of the last quarter, with regard to fundraising, she has raised six hundred. You're thinking six hundred thousand, six hundred million. No, six hundred dollars. Uh, she has raised five hundred and fifty eight dollars and ninety one cents in the last quarter. <laughs> Uh, Feinstein expected to announce a decision, like she's deciding, on running for re-election within the next few months. Her campaign slogan will be, Diane Feinstein, yeah, she's still alive. I, I put that on Twitter, uh, and my, my son was kind of like put off by it. I'm like, oh, come on, please. Police! Um, so they did a, uh, a search at, uh, at uh, Joe Biden's uh, uh, Delaware vacation home. And they said, the FBI said they didn't find any more classified documents. But apparently, uh, this is what the statement said, no classified, uh, with, uh, no documents with classified markings were found. All right? Now, apparently, this is according to Breitbart, the uh, carefully worded statement emphasizing that agents found nothing with classified markings does not exclude the possibility that the agents seized classified documents. So there's that. But generally, like I said, if the FBI gives you a couple days, you know, heads up that they're going to come to your place looking for classified documents, you go, okay, I'll just get rid of them. You know, there's that. Again, I look at the end of uh, uh, one of the greatest movies ever made, Goodfellas. I mean, imagine if Ray Liotta's character would have been given the heads up on the cocaine and the guns. It could have got him right out of there. Wouldn't have had any problem. Wouldn't they have to leave the house? You could stay there and just make the gravy, and the helicopter could fly over and the whole deal, and it's over. It's no big deal. No big deal. Uh, also, the National Archive uh, missed a deadline to turn over info about possible political bias in its handling of uh, the Biden scandal. Apparently, the National Archives failed to meet a deadline to turn over documents to Congress relevant to an investigation into whether political bias played a role in its soft and quiet approach to President Joe Biden's handling of classified documents. Well, of course, there's a double standard. Of course. Here is a Corinne Jean-Bierre. She's got a new uh, trope. And it is that uh, she's going to refer everything to the White House counsel because she can't. It's like circle back around with uh, Jen Psaki. This is her latest, and this is what she said yesterday. Would the White House have revealed today's search if pool cameras hadn't caught the investigators arriving on scene? Again, this is a, a question for the White House counsel's office. I would refer you to them. Okay. Uh, Kareem, what is the current number of documents bearing classified markings that have been found in the president's residences and offices? I would refer you to the White House counsel's office. Is there a reason that two of the searches were disclosed and not the search of the Penn Biden Center? You mentioned this is a legal process. Is there a legal reason why you're disclosing only two and not what we know is a third search? I'm, again, I'm going to refer you to the White House counsel's office. <laughs> Which is, did anyone at the White House tell the National Archives at any point not to issue a press release about the discovery of classified documents? I would, I would really refer you to the White House counsel's office, who has been running this process. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the kids of the audience, uh, this is what we adults call passing the buck. 
It's passing the buck. That's what it's called. It's a, it's a little expression we use when you want to avoid responsibility and uh, and uh, create a uh, endless circle of uh, of uh, questioning that'll never be answered because the White House counsel will not answer those questions, and then you'll get to the White House counsel. They'll say, "Go back to talk to Corinne Jean Pierre," and then, then Corinne Jean Pierre will say, "Go talk to the White House," and that's what they do. It's called chasing your tail and passing the buck, is what that is. Here's Ian Sams. He is a uh, he is a uh, Biden spokesperson, and he has no idea how many classified documents have been found. Simple, just to be very clear, has the FBI conducted any searches of any other locations associated with the president that you or the White House is aware of? Uh, look, I think we're providing information as this goes on and answering questions about the, the search activities as they've been happening. I don't want to speak too much to the DOJ's practices in an ongoing investigation. So I can say, you know, that... that you really should talk to the White House counsel. We have cooperated fully. The oh, and I guess this is him. President's personal attorneys have provided information <laughs> to DOJ. We've addressed openly and directly the uh, searches that were conducted uh, first at the president's Wilmington residence and then today uh, at the Rehoboth residence. You saw in the statement that was released by the president's personal attorney, for example, that no documents with classified markings were found in Rehoboth today. And so, you know, we're going to continue classified markings. Yeah. To try to provide information as this investigation goes on and ensure that you guys have the ability to share with the American people sort of the information uh, that 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 is important for them to see as as the president's cooperating with this investigation. Yeah. So I don't. So I want to be very careful to respect the integrity of that investigation. Not speak too much to the Justice Department. Blah, blah 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 blah. That's talking in circles. By the way, that's what that is. See, lots of tactics. Talking in circles, chasing your tail, passing the buck. Blah 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 blah. So Ron Klain uh, left as the chief of staff of. Uh, of Joe Biden's uh, White House, and they're welcoming Jeff Zients, who's made a fortune off of uh, Big Pharma. Uh, other than that, nothing to see here. Here he is yesterday blubbering about uh, Joe Biden being the best father and uh, <laughs> the best father. Yeah, look at his uh, daughter and look at his son. Yeah, you betcha. Uh, anyway, here he is blubbering about I it. I learned everything I know about how to be a good father from Joe Biden. Does that need any... Uh, commentary at all you've got a son who's crack addled prostitute monger hustling for uh, selling influence for his dad and a daughter whose diary was found and said that dad liked to take inappropriate showers with her and it made her feel terrible he is the best father i know and the best role model i know wow who do you hang out with and along the way, he's taught me a thing or two about politics and policy as well. <laughs> you know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of, and, and, you know, this is just leaving, you know, the, uh, the uh, working with Joe Biden crying and everything. It reminded me of that scene when, in the, what was it, in the uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, when Luke was down in the pit, you know, and the big monster was there, and he took a bone. And he stuck it in the monster's mouth, and then the, the, the gate slammed down on the monster's head, and everybody was happy about it except for the guy there uh, uh, who was the monster's uh, trainer, I guess, and he cried his eyes out. So, you know, down below, uh, Jabba the Hutt, and the trainer comes out and sees his beast is, uh, is dead there. There's Jabba the Hutt right there. She's on the view now, I hear. And then they... The, the beast bastard starts crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think Ron claims he's the only person who's crying uh, about Joe Biden being a great father and role model. <laughs> this is wow.
pal. Let's go to Gary in Kingsville, Maryland. Hi, Gary. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. Good morning, brother, or good afternoon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, listen, I, I've been under the weather for the last few days, uh, so I probably missed it. I'm, I'm sure, you, since you keep your keep your eye on these things, that uh, you can straighten this out for me. When exactly was the war in Ukraine voted on and, uh, and approved by Congress? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got it right here. Hold on one second. Papers here. This big pile of papers. Hold on a second here. Just one second. Look, those scribbling. Um, it hasn't, Gary. It, it, that hasn't happened. Oh my golly! So it's not actually a war. It's more. It's more of an unconstitutional use of taxpayer dollars for a commitment to a use of force in a foreign land. Yeah, yeah. That we do that a lot, don't we? We do that police action stuff. They did that in Vietnam. We took over for France. We pulled uh, France's ass out of the fire during during the Vietnam War, and they left us stuck with it. And uh, yeah, that's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing, Gary. But you're not allowed to ask any questions, Gary. You know why? Because freedom is at stake here, Gary, in Ukraine. And uh, if you don't agree with it, you're uh, you're 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 spewing disinformation and misinformation there, Gary. Well, the only the only threat to Number one, I could care less about democracy. I wish it would just go away because we are not a democracy and we're never intended to be a democracy. And I don't want to be either. You're exactly right. So let it so let it come to an end. Let us get back to what we are, which is a constitutional republic, which gets us back to that issuance of a declaration of war. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, there are a lot of uh, ways that uh, the president of the United States and uh, the powers that be, uh, the military industrial complexes at work, are able to uh, pull strings and get us involved in uh, military activities without officially declaring war. Uh, Unfortunately, this time, uh, there should be some red flags. For instance, uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, working for Burisma, a corrupt gas and oil company in Ukraine, and Joe Biden threatening to, uh, actually saying to the government of Ukraine to fire the prosecutor investigating the crooked oil company, uh, or you don't get any money. That happened. There's a lot of stuff going on here, Gary. Uh, I could get into some of it, but I'm waiting for it all to come out. Uh, what I do know is we should not be involved in Ukraine. We should not be uh, uh, essentially uh, sending tanks and uh, and airplanes in because that means we are, in fact, engaging in a war, an undeclared war against Russia, which is a nuclear a nuclear power. Uh, and we're dancing with the devil. And we're dancing with the devil, Gary. And I hope that somebody is able to take this man out of office uh, before uh, much worse things happen. Gary, I appreciate the phone call. Appreciate the phone call. Didn't want to go down the Ukraine, tra- Ukraine trail today because there's so much other stuff to get to. And we are going to get to that in just a moment. Stick around. This is the Rob Carson Show. To all the American haters and anthem kneelers. I think it's misguided to protest the anthem and the flag. Yeah, we're done with you. It's the Rob Carson Show. So Republicans have voted to block uh, Ilhan Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee over anti-Israel comments and the fact that she's a rabid anti-Semite, by the way. It's fairly obvious, her uh, her worldview, her world history that she's broadcast over the years is without a doubt. I'm surprised that so many Republicans would say, oh, no, we, she should be allowed to be on there. But here is uh, Hakeem Jeffries pitching a fit about it. Now, the other thing that's going to occur today relates to this effort to remove, in a partisan fashion, Representative Ilhan Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee. Yeah, because she's uh, she's an anti-Semite. After House Democrats unanimously voted for Ilhan to continue her service 
on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Service. It's service. Refugee elected to the United States. She's a refugee. Congress. Duly sent back to the House by her constituents in Minnesota. And a whole lot of people who had their votes harvested from from high-rises in uh, downtown Minneapolis. I know this. Now, Representative Omar certainly has made mistakes. Oh, yeah. She has used anti-Semitic tropes. He went on to say she has used anti-Semitic tropes. Um, see, that's that's why she was uh, booted. It wasn't political. She's, she's an anti-Semite. Generally, people who use anti-Semitic tropes are anti-Semites. And I think we are, you know what happens in history when you uh, allow anti-Semites into positions of authority in the government. I think it, I think we've been here a couple of times. Haven't we been here a couple of times? I think we've been here a couple of times. Anybody notice that uh, the whole uh, Tyree Nichols story uh, has disappeared? And, and I'm not meaning to make light of it. I sincerely pray for Tyree Nichols' family, his child, and uh, his friends. What happened to him in Memphis was shameful. It's nothing to do with the police nationally, and it has nothing to do with racism. And I think we're going to discover more as this story comes out. I won't get into that right now, but let's talk about uh, Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton, one of the things that he does best when he's not enriching himself, is showing up at uh, funerals of black people. Speeches of making money. Black lives matter, white lives do not. Nah. Kanye West is messing up our plot. The BLM, that expression they own. Scam. Better break the law and stand alone. And stand alone. Go To race beaters like Jesse and me, Jesse and me. Kanye West, give him credit, I won't. Cause black <laughs> lives matter and white lives don't. No, no, no. White lives don't. That is the Jim Gossett, by the way. No, no, no. Al Sharpton, I, I don't know, I guess, I'm not sure why uh, someone invite Al Sharpton to the funeral of your kid because Al Sharpton has been in charge of the narrative with regard to uh, police violence, uh, black uh, racism and whatever in the country for many, many years. And uh, he's never done anything but enrich himself. And he said, he, he literally said during the funeral, he says, yes, I have books out. Yes, I have a TV show, but I'm a mountain climber. I'm not going to stop until I get to the top. God walks with me. He walks with me. Did I tell you that I have several books out and you can get them at Amazon.com? Uh, he tells me that I'm his own. That's a message from God is what he said. Now, he didn't say that about the books, but you know what I'm saying. Here is Al Sharpton yesterday at a funeral for a young man who was beaten to death by five black police officers, uh, a black police uh, chief, black mayor, and largely black community allowed this to happen, I guess, because of racism. Well, Reverend Al, you don't understand. How are they going to keep crime down in the black community and at the same time not be tough and rough? 
Well, they do it the same way they do it on the white side of Memphis. And they keep the crime down without being rough and tough. How do you have the same department that can keep crime down on one side of town? Well, it's because on the on the uh, uh, the black side of town, the murder rate's thirteen times the national average because of the 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 breakup of the black family caused by a number of Democrat issues, including the uh, the Great Society. Without beating folk to death, but you can't do it on the other side of town unless you feel that you can get away with it there. Okay, and uh, then he passed around the collection plate, not for the congregation, but for himself because he needs a new suit, I guess. Uh, I've got a terrific column. From Aaron McIntyre about uh, things I've said about what's going on in the African-American community for decades. That's on the other side of this. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hey, guys, it's Rob Carson. Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert your IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word ROB to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With over 20 years of experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting ROB to the number 989898. There's no obligation to make this request. Just text ROB to 989898. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. If you live in this country and aren't down with freedom of speech, maybe you should move down to Cuba. It's the Rob Carson Show. Joining us now on the Newsmax Hotline, uh, retired Colonel John Mills of the U.S. Army, former director of the Cybersecurity Policy, the Department of Defense, written a book called The Nation Will Follow. He is on the Newsmax Hotline. Hello, sir. How are you today? Hey, Rob, doing just fine. Honored to be on your show again. Great to have you on, my friend. Uh, okay, so I heard earlier this week a U.S. general said that we should prepare for war with China in 2025. I spent a good deal of time on it yesterday because if you look at the ways that China has weakened our country, uh, everything from uh, the fentanyl uh, uh, deaths coming across the southern border, uh, buying property in the country, uh, I can go on and on about how the country has been infiltrated by China, Hunter Biden's laptop, Joe Biden's business dealings, and all of this. Uh, and I said yesterday that uh, you know this was out of the realm of possibility years ago, but uh, China has effectively weakened the United States of America in in myriad ways we will never be able to probably uh, put our fingers on, whether it be COVID, COVID school policy. What are your thoughts about the possibility of a, of a conflict, a military conflict with China in the future, let alone in 2025? 
Yeah, so that was General Minahan of Air Mobility Command, the Service Component Transportation Command, all important for any war uh, efforts in the in the Western Pacific. Uh, uh, he was saying 2025, citing uh, the distraction over both the Taiwan and the American elections at that time. I'm concerned it'll be much sooner. Uh, the Biden administration cut off access to chips, as, as dysfunctional as the administration may be. They took a very hard line uh, on chips and cut off China from chips last October. And it was just uh, uh, both uh, the U.K. and Japan had just agreed in the last uh, week or so to do that. That's, a, that's like a modern oil. That's like Japan being cut off from oil in summer of 41 by Roosevelt, which started the, the countdown to uh, – Pearl Harbor. Uh, so I'm, I'm very concerned even even sooner. Uh, kudos and bravo to General Menahan for, for talking truth to power and getting his force ready. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. What sort of a conflict are we talking about? Where is this going to take place? What will it involve? Well, uh, if you study the geography, Taiwan is the first island chain, and, and, and historically it's been about they, uh, China, the Chinese Communist Party, says it's about reunification. Actually, Taiwan was never really part of China. Uh, the, the previous dynasties essentially ignored Taiwan. Taiwan actually has a, a closer affiliation, historical affiliation in many ways, to uh, Japan. Uh, but that's the first island chain. But once this starts, they're not, they're not stopping at Taiwan. The next island chain is the second island chain includes sovereign U.S. territory, Guam, Tinian, Saipan. That's sovereign U.S. territory. Now, we just had a kind of a dry run of carrier warfare in the Pacific, modern carrier warfare in the Pacific. The two, the two operational Chinese carriers were running amok in December and January. And really, I mean, it was a, the NDAA signed uh, it by Biden uh, huge increase in defense spending, very, very, just replete with language uh, standing up to China. China is not happy. They sent their two carriers on a rampage in December and January. Our two carriers out there, the Nimitz and the Reagan, essentially did a dance uh, for you know through much of uh, December, uh, late December and then January. So they're, once they start, and now it's not about reunification. They need the chips from from Taiwan. Taiwan is the world's leader in, in chip making for computer chips. They need those chips and they need the factories, they need the workforce alive. They need them for, for both their economy but also for weapon systems. Uh, so once they start with, they need to take Taiwan uh, unspoiled. Uh, don't know how that would play out, but, they, but once they start, they're not stopping. They're coming to the second island chain, the third island chain is Hawaii. Uh, so this is, uh, I think, I think very precarious, and essentially they are they are on a war footing. Now we just we just established a base a new basing agreement just announced like yesterday with the Philippines, essentially a return to the Philippines. But the detail none of the details have been announced. That's significant. That's big because U.S. troops in the Philippines would secure the left shoulder of Taiwan. Uh, Japan is arming. Uh, Ishigaka uh, and a number of islands right to the just very close to the right top right of Taiwan. That's the right shoulder. Uh, we're we've now announced we're putting in anti ship missiles in Okinawa along with the Japanese. I mean, we're things are things are happening fast. 
uh, let's not get distracted by 31 tanks to the Ukraine. And speaking of which, I mean, what about with uh, what's going on in Ukraine? It sounds like, and I've heard from uh, a number of people uh, in the news media affiliated with the military, that uh, we are depleting some of our uh, munitions, among other things, by uh, effectively doing a de facto war in uh, in Ukraine. Uh, how is that going to weaken our military with regard to uh, anything that Russia might pull, let alone what, what China is doing right now? Uh, it's significant. I mean, last uh, last summer, Secretary of Defense Austin was calling industry into his office and chastising them for not maintaining an industrial base. Well, hello, newsflash, anybody who's run a company, if you're not receiving orders, you're not going to keep a production line open. Uh, and uh, essentially Lockheed Martin Raytheon said, hey, it's going to be two years until we can ramp up especially since some of these lines have been shut down. But, yes, we are, we are massively, you know, up to 50% of our inventory of stingers are, are very important, very good short-range air defense. Patriot, uh, our longer-range air defense, and it also has some counter-missile capability. Uh, HIMARS, our long-range artillery rocket that's been ferociously effective. Uh, Javelin, the short-range anti-tank missile. Uh, the 155 millimeter artillery shell that has been fired in World War One level quantities. Uh, yeah, we, we, we're depleting. We're down like to 50%. And it's the professional logistician calls this our war reserve. We're starting to hit what's a war reserve, which is a minimum stockage level. And we're, we're pulling, we've been pulling some inventory out of the ammunition holdings for the Pacific to send. So this is, this is bad policy. Everything about it is bad. The main game is is warming up real fast in the Pacific, and we're distracted by the Ukraine. But I think I, when I talked to you last year, the last time, I said, wouldn't it be suicide economically for China to go to uh, a military conflict with us since a, such a gigantic portion of their economy is because of uh, trade with the United States selling their goods to us? How do they survive that uh, f- fiscally? Where do they come up with the capital to wage a war when their biggest uh, customer might be cutting them off from everything? Well, okay, very interesting. Without wading into deep economics here, this is a very important issue. But it's been the, the friendship of companies, of, of investment firms such as BlackRock or Vanguard that have been slipping them capital. It's the thrift savings fund for uh, government retired employee, uh, government employee civil service, but also now our uniform military, our, our uniform military retirement system is radically changing and uh it's based on these investment funds and these companies and our our u.s government thrift savings uh has been investing in a lot of chinese uh activities it's 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 criminal uh so yeah that's how they they get around they get they get around the financial controls but their economy uh, they they seem to have thrown the, the the whole export dynamic to america has changed radically over the last two to three years with the uh the Wuhan virus um, and industry. There's been a there, there's been a significant departure of manufacturing activity from China. Some has come home, not as much as if Trump was still in office, but much has left uh, for Vietnam, Malaysia, India. Uh, there's been a lot of firms that have said, okay, business and doing business out of China is bad. So, it, it, there's a huge uh, economic. Uh, 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 
situation in China. They can't produce enough food to feed their people. Their economy is uh, has not recovered and will not recover uh, with the current trajectory. Uh, so they are under immense pressure. She is, you know, we the last few months of last year, incredible domestic uprisings that have been silenced. There's probably horrific, uh, uh, horrific uh, roundups, uh, executions going on in China for the for the massive. Uh, 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 simultaneous un, uh, 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 in, in the cities of China over the lockdowns, the protests over the lockdowns. And uh, do you suppose uh, that he would? Uh, do you suppose that G would push the country into an economic or into a into a uh, military conflict to uh, inspire his base to uh, to uh, motivate the Chinese people to give them a, a singular enemy that would uh, solidify his uh, his uh, position in power? Well, yeah, that's what they teach you in week one of dictator school. It's always, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, foreign, foreign cl- it's a pretty repeatable, and I say it tongue-in-cheek, but there's a lot of history and historical truth behind that. That's exactly what totalitarians do to distract attention from uh, a dissatisfaction at home. What's going on in Ukraine with Russia? What What is happening? Why are we sending so much money there? Why are we sending tanks there? Why are there rumors that we are going to send F-15s there or F-16s there, whatever? Uh, why, why is this Why is this happening? Why are we not able to get an accounting of where the money is going? Um, and, and why are we involved in there in the first place? Yeah, you know, so I've, I've been pretty consistent on, on my policy and looking at a bare minimum of supplies dropped at the border so that Ukraine can defend itself. But but that's it, period. No boots on the ground, no trainers, and now we're, we're, but we're slipping over the line. Now, you know, advanced force operators, which has a very specific meeting, logistician trainers, no, this is out of control. And, I mean, I think part of it, yes, there there is... You know, this biolab talk is not crazy talk. It was on the U.S. website. It's the 2005 update to the 1992 Nunn-Luger law, which uh, turned created this biolab insanity, which we don't even know what it was. And I, I was aware of that portfolio activity when I was in government in, in the Pentagon, but it wasn't really directly involved in it. But uh, you know, it was on our own U.S. Embassy key website until like a few days ago. They decided to pull it down. And, you know, here we are blasting on our own website, Biolab. So I think there's distraction. There is corruption. There's tie-ins to FTX. There's tie-ins to laundering of money. Is some of this created because we want to, uh, the Biden team wants to cover up uh, you know, the money laundering operation. I think there's a lot of truth. I mean, I think the number one thing is, you know, no more resources until we appoint an inspector general and staff to find out truth. We did, we did this for Iraq. We did this for Afghanistan. This is a standard best practice to have a robust inspector general. And for some reason, and, and the Republicans have to hold their ground on this and say, yes. N- nothing more until we have an inspector general and staff uh, uh, approved. Now, uh, 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 Colonel John Mills uh, joining us on the Newsmax Hotline. Uh, the headline, and I haven't covered it this morning, Hunter Biden's Metabiota uh, tied to Peter Daszak's Echo Health Alliance and G uh, to the uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology. And there are these, uh, these uh, bioweapons labs in Ukraine that apparently Hunter Biden uh, and uh, Peter Daszak's uh, Echo Health Alliance were involved. Then can you give us? Uh, can actually can you hold on? Can we cover that on the other side of the break? Do you, do you feel comfortable enough yeah. to, t- to touch on that? 
Sure, because absolutely. we haven't covered it a lot today, but I would like your take on it. You clearly know more about it than I do because I'm reading newspaper articles. You've lived it. We'll get to that in just a second. Let's take a break. More with uh, Colonel John Mills coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. It's time to make common sense common again. It's The Rob Carson Show. On the Newsmax Highline, Colonel John Mills, he's retired, and he's. Uh, we're talking about uh, Ukraine. Here's a, I was looking at a couple of headlines this morning from the Gateway Pundit. Uh, General Flynn says that uh, Joe Biden visited Ukraine 12 to 13 times in his last year, and if I'm not mistaken, he also, the last day that he was VP, went to Ukraine. Um, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Colonel? What, what are your thoughts with regard to Joe Biden, uh, with regard to uh, the involvement of the United States military in Ukraine and Joe Biden and his family's ties there? Yeah, clearly we need to look into this. This is not uh, crazy talk. This is documented fact, and uh, we're finding out more and more. You know, now Hunter is and his lawyers are admitting the laptop is true, but attacking anybody who dared to bring it up. Uh, well, this and this ties into Schweitzer's book on all the money flows for from to from China to Hunter. Um, you know, uh, you know, when starting uh, the the island building in the South China Sea started in 2014, mysteriously the same year that uh, Biden and Hunter went to China. So this is just this is a massive fraud, a conspiracy, and yeah, there is a deep state. We cannot allow these things to look the other way. They have perfected. They have taken the Haiti money laundering operation of the 90s that the Clinton perfect, Clinton's perfected and yes. put it on steroids in the Ukraine. I mean, this is FTX is tied in. This by, the 2005 update to Nunn-Luger, just not to be wonkish with everybody, policy wonkish, 1992 Nunn-Luger was a law that sent very simply, essentially to take all the Soviet-era scientists in the in all the Soviet republics and essentially, you know, wean them off of making, you know, weapons of mass destruction. Uh, Russia left the program in 2005. They didn't want to think, they thought it was a, uh, an American spy program. I'm not, who knows, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But, uh, but then this biolab thing, 2005, it just spun out of control. And, and yeah, we're doing all, and, and most of the funding shifted away from Department of Defense for uh, for this to Department of Energy and State Department and and all these these bio labs. This is not crazy talk. This is not if this is Q conspiracy. Well, Q was right again because it, it's again. Right, I thought it was. I, I had to go and do a lot of research and realize. Oh my goodness, this is all true. Yeah. Now, now, for those who don't know, I'm I'm, I'm just uh, saying it. More evidence for the ties between Hunter Biden's funded Ukraine uh, DOD subcontractor, uh, subcontractor Metabiota, Peter Daszak's Echo Health Alliance, and the U.S. government has emerged. Eight Metabiota employees and 14 employees of Echo Health are members of the Echo Health's Predict Global Consortium. Predict was initiated in 2009 to strengthen global global capacity for detection and discovery of viruses with pandemic potential that can move between animals and people that would be gain of function 
right? And this not yeah. only was happening in China and appears to be uh, uh, funded by our uh, our HHS uh, and Anthony Fauci, but it appears that there were these labs in Ukraine. And if you listen to people in charge, including Biological Chemical Defense Forces Lieutenant General Igor Kirillov, uh, it appears that the Bidens may have been involved. Uh, the government was involved in these bio labs doing exactly what we are accusing China of. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, uh, remember, the puppet master, I think there was a lot of Chinese involvement. But this is, there, there is a deep state. There is a deep state. And then now you've got McGonagall, the FBI head of counterintelligence, the New York field office, uh, you know, has now come out as, guess what, uh, who, was, who was part of the spying on the Trump campaign because he was a Russian asset, has now been arrested because he was working for the Russians. So maybe the FBI worked with Russia to make to make up this Trump is a Russian asset story from the beginning. One hundred percent. I've said this. I've said this from the beginning. Russia had no compelling interest to have Donald Trump as the president. He's a hawk on defense, a hawk on energy. No compelling. But Hillary Clinton was bought and paid for with money from Russia oligarchs following the Uranium One deal, the Uranium One deal yeah. into the yeah. global foundation, which collapsed after she wasn't elected. We can get into this further. We don't have time. Uh, Colonel Mills, I greatly appreciate you today. Where can people find you online, sir? Oh, thank you. Well, the book is available, the, uh, the nationwillfollow.com, the nationwillfollow.com. You know, me, me realizing colleagues were spying on Trump, getting this in front of the Durham investigation, and then the action plan for the American people, prefaced right. by Stephen K. Bannon. TheNationWillFollow.com. God bless you, sir. I'm hoping and praying for the future of our country, and we can uh, we can win. Uh, but there's a lot of things that we need to get to the bottom of. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. This is The Rob Carson Show. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is a Rob Carson Show. If you want to check out the podcast, we do a podcast of the show. In case you don't have uh, three hours to listen to the show every day, uh, then I would suggest you just go to Newsmax.com slash listen. We divide the show into two one-hour segments every day. It's uh, digestible. And unless you're a very far left of center or you are a big fan of uh, people like Bernie Sanders and AOC, then it's not very digestible. You'll be like going, burp, burp, you know, I might want to take a Zantac or something, whatever you got. But uh, but if it's it, it's much easier to uh, digest if you have some common sense. So uh, if you want to go to uh, newsmax.com slash listen, that'd be great. Republicans have voted to block uh, a. <clears throat> 
Elon Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee over uh, anti-Israel comments and the fact that she's a rabid anti-Semite. They're saying, of course, it's payback for GLP members being removed. No, not at all, actually. But while you're going there, let's talk about all the crap that uh, you guys did while uh, you were in control, including creating a kangaroo court, the January 6th committee, which found nothing and was uh, did not allow any defense to be heard. So, you know, really, uh, how about shut up? But here is uh, Ilhan Omar, and, or not Ilhan Omar, uh, the other, one of the other members of the squad, uh, uh, AOC, talking about how unbelievably racist this is and how racist we are. As also, as a fellow New Yorker, I think one of the things that we should talk about here is also one of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans. That never happened. Okay, you uh, millennials who maybe were in kindergarten or whatever, or you Gen Zers who weren't even born, that never happened. Name one mosque that was burnt down. Name uh, one uh, dozens of mosques that got uh, vandalized, like the, uh, oh, I don't know, the crisis pregnancy centers since Roe v. Wade went bye bye or the Catholic Church since Roe v. Wade went bye bye This is specious bullcrap. America never did that. This is just thinking the worst of America. And when you can't think and you don't have evidence of America being so anti-Muslim, then you just make it up. Well, I hate to tell you this, pookie, but my son was born the year that, well, a little bit after after 9-11 happened, okay? So I lived this in real time. And anti-Muslim sentiment did not erupt around the country, not at all, but it did. Certainly, uh, anti-American uh, uh, violence occurred in the summer of 2020, and a whole lot of uh, anti-Christian, pro-life, anti-pro-life violence has happened since Roe v. Wade. So knock it off. Throughout the United States of America, and this is an extension of that legacy. Never happened. It never happened. There is nothing consistent. Never happened. With the Republican Party's continued attack, except for the racism and incitement. All the racism and the racism and the racism and the racism and the racism. Violence against women of color in this. Ah, the women of color. Violence against women of color. Too. There, I forgot about that one. Body. I had a member of the Republican caucus threaten my life, and you all. Sure. And the Republican caucus rewarded him with one of the most prestigious committee assignments in this Congress. Don't tell. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, we know Ilan Omar is uh, an anti-Semite. It's very obvious she said it a number of times. So, you know, honestly, with your racism and all this crap and acting like you're some sort of a victim, you're a spoiled little child, a very poorly educated little child who was elected by ignoramuses in New York. That's what you are. All right. That's what you are. Just nonsense. She did not belong. And anybody, anybody in their right mind who has any understanding of the anti-Semitism that has existed in this world and uh, the dangers of having anti-Semites in positions of government power should realize that she has no business being any sort of a committee with regard to foreign affairs considering she's an anti-Semite. Dear Lord. So tired of this crap. So tired of this crap. It's just ridiculous. Oh, I wanted to talk about uh, <clears throat> Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, I don't know if you know this, he is a, uh, he is a socialist. Bernie Sanders is a socialist. He's got four houses. He's got four houses, I guess. Uh, he rents one of them. He's worth uh, millions and millions of dollars, and he's got a new book out. It's called It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism, even though he's a socialist. And apparently he's going on a book tour. And if you want to go see him, it costs $95 per ticket to see him. Land. 
This land is our land. From the coast of Cali to a New York alley, nothing would be finer than to sell it to China. This land was made for the CCP. It's not your land. Crime is through the ceiling. It's government's land. There's no racial healing. Nah. Schools teach CRT. Teachers are trannies. What? on this left wing. He's owned by Beijing. <laughs> Joe sold his soul to the CCP. Pretty much. This land's not your land. This land is our land. And we'll destroy it. Doing a good job. That's what we've got planned. To see will cower till he takes power. This land is for the CCP. So, uh, yeah, he's got a new book, and it's called uh, It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, here's, you know, the thing. Um, we're a representative republic uh, based on capitalism. We're not a socialist state. We're not a communist state. Uh, we're not changing the, uh, the Constitution to reflect those values. So if you don't like it here, uh, get the hell out of the damned country and quit trying to convert it into your socialist utopia, which has never existed. But it did leave 100 million people in body pits last century. It is remarkable. If he were to stick to the, uh, uh, the precepts of being a, a socialist or a communist, and by the way, he did. He went, to, he went to Russia, the Soviet Union, for his honeymoon. He went over there and he drank vodka with his comrades and sang folk songs without a shirt on. Thank God, I think they've gotten rid of that footage. But anyway, if, uh, if he were truly devoted to communism, socialism, rather than oligarchy which is what he is down with legitimately that's what he's down with he is he's down with the new new world order stuff he's down with uh, you living by a different set of rules he's down with you getting the crumbs there's no doubt about this this guy should be living in a kibbutz eating gruel and he would be perfectly happy with it uh you know being a representative and then going out and hitching up the oxen to uh, work the fields and give 80 percent of his grain to the government honestly what a joke what a tool this man is and you know what? If you if you buy into Bernie Sanders being down with socialism and and everybody in equal and and you know nobody being excluded and all that stuff, uh, realize that he writes these books because you're suckers. You're suckers. You you buy the books from this guy. If he's a socialist, he'd write the book. He'd provide a free download to everyone. That's what he would do. Bernie Sanders would give his book away. Uh, publishers would not approach Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders would be would make no money for them. But Bernie Sanders is 100% down with capitalism when it's for him. He lives by a different set of rules. It's the same thing with uh, people going to Davos, to the uh, World Economic Forum, flying private jets in there, even though they only live 100 miles away. They could easily take a train, but they'd rather take that private jet because they can. And they could spew uh, vitriol about how all these you little people are burning your gas cars and you are killing the environment and all that. And they, they, they fly to Davos and they eat probably, they probably eat little uh, baby uh, uh, penguins that are endangered, you know, with some foie gras. They stuff geese full of, you know, whatever and, and all that. But they live by a different standard than you and me. 
Bernie Sanders has never had to struggle. I mean, he, he literally, he was like a failed general. He wasn't even a general contractor. He was like a hired hand who did a crappy job, and then he got elected to mayor, and then he's been in public service ever since. And he's never looked back. He's never shopped probably at anywhere but Whole Foods, if he shops at all. Uh, he doesn't have to go to Dollar General. I doubt very seriously he's ever been in a Dollar General. He didn't even know what a Gen- Dollar General is all about. But he's got a book. It's called It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. And he is being labeled a hypocrite. This isn't the first time, because he is, for charging up to $95 to uh, attend an event promoting his new book about capitalism. He's 81 years old. He's prepping prepping his drop of his newest book. It's going to retail for $28. Should be free if he's a dedicated socialist, but it's not because he's a uh, he's a tool. Yeah. Hosting an event following its release in uh, the, at the Anthem in Washington D.C. March 1st. Tickets ranging from 35 to 95. Tickets 655 and above. Come with a copy of the book. You get a copy of the book on Twitter. Uh, Michigan State Representative Bill. Huizinga said, anybody else see the irony in Bernie Sanders selling tickets for it's okay to be angry about capitalism on Ticketmaster? Yeah. Reverend Alan P. wrote, Bernie Sanders hates capitalism, sells his books at a uh, book tour on Ticketmaster. Why doesn't he make his book free? Ah, that's what I just said. That's what I just said. Kind of funny. Kind of funny. Oh, and, and did you hear this? Uh, true capitalist Elon Musk went to Washington, D.C. He was in the Capitol for the first time since becoming the owner of Twitter. Went all over the Capitol, whirlwind tour of the Capitol, uh, visited a bunch of uh, high-profile stops. Kevin McCarthy's office had a sit-down with uh, Jim Jordan, among others. And who did he not meet with? Who do you suppose? Democrats. <laughs> he didn't even bother. I love this. And we all know that one of the Twitter files included uh, Adam Schiff sending requests to Twitter, encouraging to target and censor certain individuals they didn't like. It's remarkable. This is, I mean, this is pretty crazy, considering how in bed that the deep state and the FBI was with Twitter. And then uh, for Elon Musk to show. I would imagine a lot of, uh, you could see Elon Musk coming down the hallway, a lot of doors closing, a lot of Democrat doors closing, and click, click, some locks locking. <laughs> All right, so coming up, uh, let's see. Oh, 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 gas stoves, gas stoves. One study from uh, uh, a leftist uh, embedded in the, uh, uh, the Department of Energy has suddenly made gas stoves verboten. And uh, because of that, Joe Biden is passing a uh, new policy about uh, your gas stove, like it was already in the pipeline, like it was a plan. Yeah, pretty much. That's on the way. This is the Rob Carson Show. FBI, DHS, IRS, CDC, HHS, all complete BS. It's the Rob Carson Show. About nine days ago, DirecTV removed Newsmax from its lineup. Newsmax, fourth largest cable news uh, operation in the country, growing by leaps and bounds while uh, MSNBC and CNN drop. And it's because of the uh, nonsense that they preach in their... uh, Leftism, that is uh, failed ideology. The country is going in the wrong direction. 71% of the American people know it's going in the wrong direction. And no, it's because of Joe Biden's administration. And then, like last year, Congressman Ishu uh, uh, and McNerney wrote DirecTV urging them to deplatform and remove OAN, Newsmax, and Fox. And they removed OAN. 
And then last week on Tuesday, they removed Newsmax. I guess the only one remaining would be Fox. If you'd like to help us out, if you'd like to get us back on DirecTV, 13 million viewers watch Newsmax on DirecTV. Here's what I need you to do if you would today. Text the word EVENT to 39747-39747. If you would, that would be, uh, that would be wonderful. <clears throat> By the way, Newsmax carries Trump rallies. This is one of the biggest events they do. It's the biggest ratings. I mean, it's just unbelievable Saturday nights. Trump rallies, 2 million, 3 million, 5 million people watching Newsmax in a, on a Saturday night. Why do you think the DirecTV wants to shut that down? Because if you look at the, uh, the nighttime ratings of all the top three, ABC, CBS, NBC, with regard to uh, late night, they, if they do add up to the size of the audience on Saturday night on Newsmax, they're lucky to do that. But... It's a big deal. And this was not only meant to hobble conservative speech, it's also just in time for the election season on the only network that covers Trump rallies. There you go. Thought you should know. <clears throat> so I'm curious as to why Tyree Nichols, the story went away. I mean, I know why. Because it didn't fit the narrative. That nobody, I told you this uh, the day, uh, maybe Monday I came on. I said, I said, I did a monologue. It's on my Rumble channel. I said, nobody thinks that Tyree Nichols was murdered because of racism. Nobody does. The only people who do say they do, people like Al Sharpton, the only reason they do is because they're race pimps. They just hand, they go to funerals, they hold their hands out, and they do nothing for the crisis in the African-American community. But this wasn't about that. This was about a number of individuals, police officers, black police officers beating to death a black man. This was a matter, this was a heinous uh, a heinous act committed by some evil people. It's not a metaphor for police around the country, and certainly it's not racism. That's just stupid. But uh, Aaron McIntyre wrote a piece, and I think it's pretty fascinating, and I'm going to quote for it, from it because um, it's true. Okay, Cities around the country braced themselves for the possibility of riots last weekend after body cam footage was released connection with the death of a suspect, Tyree Nichols, who was pulled over for driving erratically. The footage appears to show Nichols receiving a severe beating at the hands of Memphis police after a resisting arrest, supposedly. The narrative of callous white authorities victimizing black suspects due to racism seemed ready to explode into the streets. Once again, there was only one problem. All the officers were black. Where, where did Barack Obama go? He was just saying it was about the need to redo the police again, even though you screwed him up the last time. The uh, chief of police in Memphis is a black woman, so were the two chiefs before her. One would think that this jarring shock to the narrative might cause a moment of reflection or at least some hesitation before plunging directly into charges of racism. Instead, the media immediately tripled down while engaging in a stunning display of mental gymnastics. A Democrat congressman, Maxwell Alejandro Frost, took to Twitter and said, doesn't matter what color those police are, the murder of Tyree Nichols is anti-black and the result of white supremacy. <laughs> Cable news was suddenly full of regime apparatchiks trying to explain that despite the relevant officers and the, uh, uh, and the chief uh, of police being black, whiteness itself was to blame. The term racism was overused and has lost its power, but in fact, the shift is far much more sinister. 
Racism was a term most people understood very plainly. It was prejudicial harm done to another person based on skin color. The term was most often used as a weapon of the left to slander or intimidate white Americans, but it had a theoretical neutral meaning. Anyone could be racist. That definition has been successfully transformed by progressives over the years. I started talking about this when I was a music jock 30 years ago in my 20s. I said this. I wasn't even a political talker. I said, sooner or later, these cries of racism, when there isn't racism, Jesse Smollett, Bubba Wallace, I can go on and on, they're going to fall on deaf ears. Back to the column. First, the left reconstituted the meaning of racism as power plus privilege. A person of lower socioeconomic standing could not be racist because he did not have power. It did not matter if a black or Hispanic person exhibited prejudiced behavior because they did not have the power necessary to be racist. People of European descent, however, were always in possession of white privilege. That's a new one. Uh, I found that one out the year my son was born. White privilege, really? Wow, we are very privileged. But anyway... They were always in possession of the power component of power plus privilege and therefore could uh, always be accused of racism. Democrats who are reliable Democrat voters were incapable of racism. Those who were more likely to be GOP voters were always capable of racism. And that's how they keep people of color on the Democrat plantation. And I said that about 15 years ago. Shifting the definition of racism was a powerful move by progressives, but it wasn't enough. Americans had been sold a system of affirmative action on the basis that racial representation would alleviate residual, I should say, inequality and solve these many issues. And it hasn't. There is now a mountain of academic jargon around the concepts of whiteness, white supremacy, as disembodied systems of oppression. If you try pointing out the phenomenon of black officers beating a suspect to death is probably not explainable through white supremacy, you receive a lecture about how you do not really understand race or the construct of whiteness. Turning whiteness into a disembodied concept that can be blamed for any and all problems in our society, even those in which white citizens could not possibly play a role, allows progressives to turn one racial group into the scapegoat for all their failures. Mega fascist white supremacists! does not matter how often leftist policies fail. There's always one nefarious group who was secretly working to under, undermine the glorious revolution. That's why Al Sharpton, despite all of his failings, is still talking at funerals. It's all been a distraction from Democrat failure policies, including the Great Society, which destroyed the black nuclear family. You get it. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. like his opinion see the first amendment and get back to us it's the rob carson show so uh, planned parenthood has decided to uh <laughs> because so many uh, republican states have said you know we're gonna put eliminations on abortion and so many democrat states are uh, down with uh, abortion up to birth and the whole deal so they're putting together a uh, an abortion truck. It's an abortion van, a mobile abortion clinic. And they're saying it's a health care tool, a symbol of our act of a defiance of the post-roll era, according to Lee Gilmore, who works as the vice president of strategy and communication of uh, 
Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis region and southwest Missouri. The mobile clinic is expected to open later this year with Planned Parenthood hoping to perform abortions on women from nearby states with pro-life laws like Missouri. So you can go over to East St. Louis where, you know, there's a major, major crime problem. It's an awful, awful place. Uh, East St. Louis has been hell on earth for a long time. I mean, seriously, my, my first roommate in college, was a guy from East St. Louis. It was it was a very interesting uh, juxtaposition of uh, culture with a uh, a black kid from East St. Louis rooming with a white boy from Southwest Iowa. We learned a lot, though. We did. We had some delightful conversations my fresh year and co- freshman year in college. Anyway, NPR reports that the Planned Parenthood will take abortion to red state borders. This is kind of like a, the ice cream truck. This is like a Democrat's fantasy ice cream truck. You know, and the ice cream truck comes down the neighborhood, and I never have any money whenever it comes down, and I always miss it. You know, and I've lived in neighborhoods where my kids, we couldn't get a damn ice cream truck to come down here. But now we got the abortion truck. So when you hear this, there you go. Instead of just like the, the song, you know, whatever it is, uh, Pop Go the Weasel, you just hear this. Okay, honey, it's time to go out and get your abortion. The abortion truck is here for Planned Parenthood. Do we get any ice cream? No, no, just an abortion. No ice cream. I don't even think you get a free sticker, like a SpongeBob sticker, like you do at the, at the dentist's office, you know, when you're a kid. Just uh, just hear the bell and run out there and uh, get your abortion there on the street as the abortion truck uh, drives by. These people have no souls at all. They're not just no souls at all. Women exist for uh, uh, one reason, a couple reasons, a couple of reasons. Votes. Uh, they also exist to uh, lie to. The Democrat Party always says that women are paid less for the same work, and they don't actually. Because if that were the case, then no men would ever get hired. It's just stupid. Honestly, it's more division. You know, everybody's misogynist. Hey, everybody's misogynist. Well, you know, I hate to tell you this, but uh, uh, most of America, the sexes are uh, intertwined. They're married, and they love each other, and uh, dads have daughters, and daughters have dads, and all that, and nobody hates each other, and it's just stupid. Nobody in their right mind is, uh, I mean, unless you're a pig, B-word, is is misogyny. I'm not saying misogyny doesn't exist, but dear God, please, give me a break. This is just fantastic. Bob Woodward, who is like the, uh, the uh, everybody who goes to journalism school, they think of Woodward and both Bernstein and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, Watergate, which is uh, nothing compared to what's happening with the uh, malfeasance of the Biden administration, Joe Biden, his son, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden's laptop, all the front money from communist China and Ukraine, dear God. But, uh, you know, Bob Woodward's, is, you know, they probably, probably day one in J school, they talk about the Woodward and Bernstein. I watch the presidents, all the president's men, by the way. About a, a couple months ago with my wife. I don't think I'd seen it, like, maybe since I was a child. And, uh, woo, major yawn. I mean, like, really, really, really. You can tell that the media was completely down with the narrative because an otherwise kind of mediocre movie was suddenly, oh, my God, it's great. All the president's men. And it really wasn't that good. Honestly, really wasn't that good. So uh, Bob uh, Woodward is now tearing into media and Democrats for ignoring his warnings about the Steele dossier on Trump. So Bob Woodward <clears throat> says that the, uh, the Steele dossier and Russia collusion was a rabbit hole. And, and you know who else knew this right away? Me. And I'm not even a journalist. You know why I knew it? Because I'm not stupid, you see. Because I saw what happened and I paid attention and any journalist worth his or her salt would say, huh, 
Hillary Clinton got a whole lot of money from Russian oligarchs while she was a Secretary of State. When she signed off on the Uranium One deal, the Clinton Foundation received uh, $270 million uh, one year from Russian oligarchs into the global initiative. And then when she didn't win the election, well, the, the charity went away. That and... Uh, Russia had no compelling interest to have Donald Trump in office as the president. Donald Trump is a hawk on defense. Donald Trump is a hawk on energy. And nothing good would come from a very powerful United States of America that was energy independent, you see. And any journalist would get that if you even cared. But, of course, Bob Woodward could say this now, that the cat's out of the bag, as it were. He said that the Russian inquiry wasn't handled very well. He thought viewers and readers had been cheated. Sure, whatever, dude. He urged newsrooms to walk down the painful road of introspection. Well, how about this? How about this painful road of introspection? How about every time the government, the last three or so years or four years, has called something misinformation and disinformation? That's a story right there, Bobby. How about the uh, Democrat Party... Digging out from history, a term created by Joseph Stalin, disinformatia, to control speech. How about, here's another story. How about America's journalism industry literally behaving like a, uh, a, a journal, state-run journalism operation in some place like Cuba? How about that? How about that? How about the bastardization of the news media with regard to abject bias? How about any of that? Any of that? This that he says this is just—it's almost laughable. It's almost laughable that he's calling out these junior, uh, these junior journalists about this instance where I mean it was painfully obvious from the get-go that it was bullcrap. But people like uh, like Rachel Maddow pounded the desk about Donald Trump colluding with Russia for two years and now is on MSNBC part time. Really. Unbelievable. Uh, Bob Woodward singled out the media the way it covered the Steele dossier as an example of failings. By the way, did you know that the Steele dossier was paid for by Hillary Clinton campaign? She already, uh, literally, she's paid, her campaign paid a fine to the FTC over it. And they worked with the FBI, and they worked with Christopher Steele, and the FBI offered Christopher Steele $1 million to verify the stuff in the dossier. And Steele... Turned it down because he couldn't prove they were real. Did you know that, Bob? That's a story in itself, Bob. Honestly, it, it, Watergate, dear God, putting gate behind everything is a joke. Is a joke. Liberal Columbia Journalism Review issues a scathing indictment of the New York Times and fake news media over the years of fake Russia gate coverage. How about the double standard with regard to classified documents, uh, Donald Trump versus Joe Biden? How about that? How about Hillary Clinton's server? Why did you never do anything on that? Why didn't you do a damn thing on that? Why didn't you do anything about the Benghazi raid that Hillary Clinton presided over? Why didn't you do anything about that? Why didn't you do anything about, I don't know, uh, uh, the, the FBI covering up Hunter Biden's laptop in time for the 2020 election? How about that, journalists? This is the only thing you got, something that's so painfully obvious, that it's laughable, that now you can call out journalists for it? Honestly, really? <clears throat> this, this honestly, uh, 
I would love to get invited to speak at a journalism school. I remember one time I spoke to a journalism class at the University of Columbia, Missouri, Columbia. And uh, this was when, you know, they have, a, uh, they have a journalism school of some repute, I guess, which went down the toilet when uh, uh, journalism professors defended BLM activists as they set up camp on the quad and declared an autonomous zone. And the uh, chancellor and the president of the university stepped down after some fake hate crimes in Columbia, Missouri, where I made my home for five years. And I love the town, by the way. Seven years after the launch of the deep skate Russia collusion scandal, far-left-leaning watchdog the Columbia Journalism Review issued a scathing indictment of the New York Times, Washington Post, and all of the leftist mainstream outlets for their completely dishonest coverage of the Trump-Russagate scandal. The uh, Democrats ate that story up. The New York Times and the Washington Post even won a Pulitzer Prize for peddling their disgusting lies. And by the way, Columbia Journalism Review is, in fact, saying it was all made up. Where is the New York Times and the Washington Post with regard to those Pulitzer Prizes? Why aren't they turning him in? Why aren't they saying, you know what, for the sake of journalism, the Institute of Journalism, we realize that we accepted these trophies and we should not have. But you see, they don't have any shame. They don't have any shame. They don't have any shame. They don't care. We have the First Amendment. We have this... <clears throat> incredible amendment. You've heard me talk about this. The greatest piece of legislation in the history of, uh, of mankind, above the Magna Carta, just, just the First Amendment, just the First Amendment. It really quantified, it uh, codified the ability to worship. It codified the uh, ability to speak. It codified the ability to redress your grievances against the government. And all of those things went into the toilet the last couple of years in this country. And we found out, well, it's not a surprise everybody knew it, that our uh, journalism establishment in this country, and then part of it is because universities have been taken over by leftists, why wouldn't it bleed into the, uh, the J school? Why wouldn't the, these uh, people graduating with journalism degrees not believe only what the Democrat Party spews? Yeah. Donald Trump slammed the media for its failings over the notorious Steele dossier following an 18-month investigation by Columbia Journalism Review that would only take him like a day. But it took them 18 months, you see. Sure. Yeah. Donald Trump said the press proves once again that the corrupt, woke, ra radical Democrats stole the 2020 election. That's disinformation. Of course, there was nobody with any journalistic curiosity who even investigated the story. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Back to Donald Trump. The big lie is the Marxists and communists in our country attempt to portray it. That's what it was. The Steele dossier collection of allegations collected by a former MI6 from uh, Western Europe ranged uh, details from alleged cooperation with the 2016 campaign in Moscow and lurid claims about Trump and Russia prostitutes. And if you were paying attention at all, and you were a journalist in good standing, the story would have been considered laughable. Bob Woodward said that uh, uh, he urged newsrooms to walk down the painful road of introspection. Well, you've got about 35 years of introspection you need to do because the, uh, the uh, disowning of an obvious planted story isn't enough to make 
to make up for 30 years of criminal negligence with regard to real stories, real scandalous stories of the Democrat Party, rather to ignore them. And that's as big as anything. Ignoring the story is even bigger than going after a story more than another. Uh, to, to just ignore a story, Hillary Clinton served, just ignore it. That is as bad as, uh, as going down a story that is completely false like this. And our media does that. And people are turning away from them. People are turning away from MSNBC and CNN. All of these, uh, these media outlets, hell, even late night, is getting stopped by Greg Gutfeld. And he doesn't even have any bands or, or A-list actors who are nominated for Oscars. He's got better ratings than all of you. You know why? Because the American people are sick of the crap. That's it. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. The SS Titanic is going down, and there's no room on the door for Democrats. It's The Rob Carson Show. Now, if you were a pedophile, what would be your ultimate fantasy? I'm being uh, pretty serious, actually. If you're a pedophile, say you're a male pedophile and you like little girls, uh, your fantasy would be <clears throat> to be able to get into a, a shower room with little girls uh, dressed as a woman, right? Wouldn't that be it? Wouldn't that be the ultimate, like, uh, you know, kid in the candy store kind of thing, for lack of a better uh, expression? Well, yeah. Yeah, it would. And, and it's happening, by the way. It's happening. Transgender woman has been charged with three counts of indecent exposure at an Ohio YMCA, one which included stripping naked while minors were present. Darren Glines, 31, who has not undergone any transgender surgery but goes by Rachel, was accused of ex exposing their genitals, <clears throat> wow, their genitals, to women at the Xenia YMCA on three separate occasions between 2021 and 2022. Think about it. Just, I mean, just think about it. If you were going to Give pedophiles wholesale ability to live out their fantasies. What would you allow? You would allow them into dressing rooms with children. Now, I have uh, done a lot of work over the years. I have several things that I have championed on the air. One of them is fostering an adoption. One of them is turning around the crisis in the black community in the inner cities. And another one is the prevention of child abuse and finding and punishing those who would sexually abuse those children. And I know that pedophiles always get close to kids by being coaches of sports, by being scout leaders, by being uh, church leaders. They, they do. I'm not saying all of those, those, but that's where they live. They get close to kids. They earn their trust. They groom them. So I can't imagine a place that would uh, <laughs> enable pedophiles more than a bunch of idiots saying, oh, yeah, we're so uh, in touch with the transgender community, and we don't want to be considered transphobic, so all you need to do is say that you're a woman and suddenly you can go in with impunity literally uh, expose your genitalia and when mom goes to the front desk to complain about a man being in the same locker room as her daughter with his penis hanging out then the mom gets booted from the YMCA 
That's happened. It's happened more than once. It's happening all over the place. I'm going to say something, uh, and I'll tell you that if, uh, if it were me and it was my daughter and there was somebody uh, in the locker room, uh, opposite sex, looking at my daughter as a little girl in the locker room, uh, I would most probably assist that person with the, uh, the bottom side of their transgender uh, transition. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. And there's a lot of idiocy going on. Uh, men being allowed to compete with women, among other things. Yesterday, Kevin McCarthy invited uh, uh, women to come for a National Girls and Women's uh, Sports in Sports Day, along with conservative female lawmakers. Last year, I don't know if you know this, but uh, some people convinced at the University of Pennsylvania, uh, the, uh, the, the people there, to allow a man to compete against women, even though he failed. As a man, as a male swimmer, he's ranked like 300th in the country. No success. Senior year decides to be a man. And beats women, beats Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines has been swimming her entire life, University of Kentucky. And she ended up taking second place at the national championship because she had to compete with this guy who failed as a male athlete and could compete as a woman. Here's Riley Gaines yesterday. No one has asked us how we felt. We're, we exist to validate a male's identity. Um, but the Ivy League, Leah Thomas's teammates, actually, when they were concerned about the locker room situation and they sent an email to um, the Ivy League and the NCAA, their response was, here are some counseling resources you should seek if, wow. you, if you feel comfortable wow. seeing male genitalia in your locker room. And then they were referred to the LGBTQ Education Center to educate themselves on the oppression that these athletes are dealing with. Okay, women of America, do you see how badly you're being played by the Democrat Party? Do you understand this assault? Do you understand this erasing of who you are? Do you know what's going on here? Because the Democrat Party only cares about your vote, and they care that you get an abortion. That's it. And that they would allow this to happen to the daughters and mothers of this country is obscene, and somebody is going to have to be held accountable for this nonsense. And that includes this gender transition, uh, 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 hormone blockers, and surgery. Someday, the people who committed those atrocities will be held accountable. Let's come back and uh, wrap things up. This is the Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. Have a glorious day. Tomorrow is Friday. In the meantime, have a great one. Download the podcast by going to Newsmax.com slash listen. And until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. See ya.